When your child comes out as LGBTQ, you need a place to find the right tools to help you and your child thrive. This is the podcast you need. Hi, my name is Jenny Hunter, and I am an advanced certified faith-based family coach. And I have coached over 10,000 hours helping families with LGBTQ children become healthy, thriving families. for being here today. I hope you have having a great week. Today is kind of a special day in the Hunter household. Our baby is turning 13. So we now have no more babies. We have teenagers and she is a delightful 13 year old. You know, she is our sixth baby and we wanted her. She was our biggest gap five years in between her and her older sister, Mary. And I got to say, being an old, because I think I was like 38 when I had her. Um, I think being an older parent is really great because you really know what to focus on. And you like me going into her school um, interviews with her teachers, I was a lot more relaxed than I was with her oldest. Let's just put that way. Like you really do know um, what to think about and what to focus on. And um, she's just been a delight and a gift. And so happy birthday, Kate. Thank you for making us being our caboose and just delighting us for 13 years. And so um, 13 is my favorite number too, because I was born on Friday the 13th. So hopefully this will be a lucky year for you. And um, I hope you are enjoying your children. I know not every day is like that, but you know, I'm talking about, this has come up a couple of times lately with some of my clients. So I thought I'd talk about one of the biggest pain points that um, we as parents of LGBTQ children who are in a faith have. And that is we feel worry with what that looks like in the future for our children, how their faith will be manifested for them. And if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, you know, and I think this is similar to other religions, but this is my experience. So I'll speak of my experiences. We um it's part of our culture too. And so it's not just, they're not going to come to church with us. It's also like, how will our family events look like? How will, you know, it's so enmeshed and grained into our way of living that it really does put a lot of fear and worry. And all, pretty much all my clients, we have talked about this and worked through kind of the vision of this. And what I found myself doing when my son first came out, I started acting a little bit like that used car salesman when it came to the gospel. You know, that feeling when someone is really giving you the hard sell and the more they try to sell you, the less you want it. And that was kind of my experience with my son. And luckily, like my coach pointed out to me, do you realize when you're say, doing these actions and say these things that it's not coming from a place of faith? It was really coming from a place of fear. And I was trying to manipulate his faith journey and his faith experience because I really felt like, well, this is the way you should do it. And I wasn't allowing for his agency. And all that did was make my son more defensive and more resistant to the gospel. And I really forgot that all I had to do was just show how beautiful the gospel of Jesus Christ was for me. And when we really are living the gospel of Jesus Christ, you, we don't need to sell it. Um, and the more, how I made the shift is I started focusing just on my relationship with Christ. 
And what I found is the more that I stopped worrying about how his faith journey was going to go and more worried about my faith journey, then I really created this amazing relationship with Christ that I hadn't previous before he came out. And the result and the fruit of that was I was much less worried about my son's relationship with Christ. And I realized that my role was not to sell by my words, but to sell how I was living my life, how I was loving my savior. And, you know, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, Liar Saints, you know, the story of how Joseph Smith gained his relationship with our Savior has a lot of great teaching points for all of us, and especially for our LGBTQ children. You know, it is a story of how faith grows and how a mother has a perfect balance. I think Lucy really had a perfect balance of guidance and faith and letting um, Joseph figure out the pitfalls and managing his own faith journey. And it's important to note, I think this is really important for all parents to remember this, that some of Joseph Smith's most spiritual experiences did not happen sitting in a pew at church, but it was in his home. It was in dreams. It was in groves of trees. It was in common places that all of our children go into. And so if your child is not going to church with you anymore, do not fall into the, he will he or she will no longer have spiritual experiences because that is just not true. Our God is is not just um, limited to the chapel. Okay, in fact, Moroni visited Joseph. Like the story of Moroni coming to him when he was telling him about the plates and where to go. Moroni visited Joseph at a moment when he was feeling like he was the most lacking because he had been praying. Like in his own words, Joseph describes how worthless and unworthy he was feeling. He said, um, I frequently fell into many foolish er errors and displayed the weakness of youth and the fallibles of human nature. I often felt condemned for my own weakness and imperfections. And that is in his history. Um, and so I think our LGBTQ kids a lot of times feel they're condemned for who they are, their imperfections. I mean, just being a human being, you feel this way, but then our society puts this another layer of shame for being LGBTQ on it. And so that's really hard to connect with God when you're feeling that shame. And so in this moment, I think Joseph was feeling shame about who he was in the world. So right when Joseph was feeling like the most condemned by his own imperfections, Moroni entered Joseph's story. And he visited him. He called him by his name, which I love because that really t teaches us that God knows us by our name and told him that God has a work for him to do. And I want you to know God has a work for all of our children to do. Just as he declared to Moses in Moses 1.6, I have a work for thee. Each one of us has a special work on this planet, including our children. And God knew that Joseph Smith was struggling spiritually and how he felt about himself and he didn't need Joseph to change to do his work. He knew that the work that he would give Joseph would change Joseph. And I want you to realize that some of the work our children, our LGBTQ children have been given is being LGBTQ. We don't understand it. We don't understand the ways of um, 
why, but, you know, I was just rereading the story about the blind man. And when they asked Christ, like, who was at fault? His parents, what sin is this? His parents or how, or was it him? And Christ is like, nothing. Like he is blind to manifest the works of God. And I really believe um, that is true for my son, being LGBTQ, that it is part of how God's work is going to be manifested in him. So when we see our children struggling with the gospel, with their testimony, principles that they are having a hard time or a feeling of lacking, we have to really remember that most of God's children, including ourselves, and you would probably agree with this, these are normal emotions and thoughts. And he doesn't want his saints to like stay in like, I'm shameful. I mean, he wants, he understands that that is, God understands that's part of the human experience. And we have to be careful to not be in what I call all or nothing mentality. And what all or nothing mentality means, it means like you're really thinking into extremes, like you're either a success or a failure. Your performance was totally good or totally bad. Um, If you don't do it perfectly, then you are a failure. And this binary way of thinking really does not account for the whole story, for shades of gray, and can be really responsible for a great deal of our negative thoughts and evaluations of ourselves and our children. And, you know, our, like I talked to a lot of my clients and in fact, I was just talking to a client this week and um, he was saying, you know, I really feel fear because I feel like he's lost his spirituality. He's talking about his child and, you know, he used to be such a spiritual person and that is like either you're spiritual or you're not. And I, that's the all or nothing. And, And I really, we talked about how he's still, that child is still that spiritual person. His practices might be different, but that he hasn't changed. The spirit is still the same. His gifts are still the same. He's just feeling some lacking and experiencing life and figuring this out. And I really love that Heavenly Father came into Joseph's story, bringing Moroni to him when he was experiencing this all or nothing, thinking about his own worth, that he was feeling shame for his weaknesses. And what Moroni taught him that we can feel like a failure and still be completely worthy to do a great work here on this earth. And when you feel that all or nothing mentality and raising your children and the gospel and your faith, um, we it usually comes from if they're not doing activities, their outward showing of the faith. It might be seminary. It might be a church school. It might not be. They don't want to participate in family scripture study. And we have this fear that, oh, this is a sleepy slope, slippery slope that they're on and they're going to go to an activity. And what really, what does that mean for them? And it really puts us in fear when our children choose not to follow like the quote unquote normal path or the path that you did. And we might feel like this is the first step to them losing their faith. And this is where we really start thinking in all or nothing thinking patterns. So I believe when we see this, okay, when we see our children questioning how they want to um, go forward in their faith, these are the moments that how we respond as parents will have the biggest impact on how our children will progress spiritually. And let me repeat that. When your child is questioning their faith, these are the moments you need to shine because this is how you respond will teach your children so much and will be able to indicate how you can move forward. Um, And how we respond has everything to do with how we are thinking. And I often think of Lucy, you know, Lucy Mack Smith, Joseph Smith's mother. You know, I often wonder what Lucy might've thought when Joseph didn't automatically choose her church, right? 
um, did she feel fear and anxiety about Joseph's salvation or did she have confidence in the child she raised and in his goodness and in God's plan for him? So if we follow Joseph's pattern, he didn't feel worthy or particularly called to one congregation. And he was like having a lot of questions about his life, questions that Lucy, his mom, couldn't answer for him. And this is the same for our LGBTQ children. There are questions that we cannot answer for them. And that's where our pain points lie. So where did he take his questions? Directly to God. And I want you to realize this. He didn't just come up with this pattern by himself. Lucy couldn't answer Joseph's questions directly, but she did lay the pattern of faith with how to receive answers from God. In her own search for answers, she had also knelt in a grove to plead with the Lord. She was worried about how her husband was living his life, how he was living his faith. And so she had poured her heart out to God in the woods and had her own remarkable spiritual experience. Um, to quote her, she said she went there to plead that her husband would find the truth, and she had received a beautiful vision that brought peace to her soul. Do you see what Lucy did there? She had her own confidence and knowledge that God answered prayers. And because of that, she received her own answers. And I really think that this pattern of faith must have 100% influenced Joseph's confidence and his ability to receive answers that he prayed and went into the sacred grove. So she did not fall for the all or nothing mentality about Joseph or her husband. Because remember, her husband wasn't going to her church either. She didn't believe that just because he didn't choose her congregation, her church, that he was doomed spiritually. She trusted that he would work it out with God. So we forget that gaining a testimony of Jesus Christ is, is not a linear path. Think about your testimony. It has probably not always been a straight line. And when we believe in the greatness of God and know that he meets our children where they're at, that conversations happen anywhere, conversions happening anywhere in bedrooms and groves of trees. Um, this helps us not thinking such a limited view. Um, and yes, I agree that there is safety in staying on the well-beaten path of activities, seminary, church, college. Um, but I want you to know there also could be danger in it. Danger in believing that this path is what makes a testimony. Because on this path, we have this danger of becoming unconscious of the why we are doing these things, where we become numb to the practices. We really have the danger of focusing more on the doing and less on the relationship, on the thinking. Um, danger of our child really might become stay spiritually immature if all they do is the practices. And what we don't realize is that really any path, anything we do can lead to danger if we really don't have the why, if we really don't have the relationship with God. And we're all at danger of losing our confidence, God, no matter what choices we make. So just like Joseph must have watched his mother's faith journey, our children are watching ours. Our actions will always be more impactful than any words we could say. And I love to analogize this like this, like, um, you know, my husband um, bought a new Bronco, right? He was on the list for two years and um, he is so joyful in this car. And he's always like in the car and has a big screen. He's like, I love this part of it. And, and the kids love it. Like they all love, and we're all so excited that dad loves the car, right? Like he, it's just a really fun experience that he gets to enjoy something so much because he works so hard and, and we love it. And he gets in the car and he's so happy when he gets in the car and he is always like volunteering to go somewhere because he wants to get in the car. And that is kind of like you and your testimony of Jesus Christ. Like, are your actions coming towards your children about their faith 
like, are you like trying to like sell them how great your faith is? Are you just enjoying their faith? Like he's when John's in the car, he's not like, isn't this the best car? Can you believe how amazing this car is to the rest of us? He's just completely happy and it's contagious. Like I love going on an errand with him because he's so happy in that car. And like, think of like, you have thoughts that your family's path is probably, there's probably pain thoughts that your path looks different than expected. But I want you to really think of this thought because I really believe this thought now and it really helps me is that this is still the perfect path for our family. Like this is what we're all supposed to be learning. We've come to earth to learn and to become and our path is different than what I envisioned, but that doesn't mean something's gone wrong. And I, what I've realized is like, oh, the lessons on this path is what I need it and what my children need it. So are you acting from a place of confidence in your child's ability that they will find their savior in God and God will stay in their story on the path that you're at on? In fact, I sometimes envision Lucy saying to us um, LGBTQ parents, the same words she said to another group who really started murmuring when things didn't go as expected on their journey. Um, and remember, Lucy back was 5'11", who which, I'm sorry, 4'11", which is the height of my daughter, Ellie, who she's just a powerhouse. So I just, I think Lucy is just one of my her heroines. She's just an amazing lady. And she was leading a group of saints on a journey from Fayette, New York to Kirtland, Ohio. Um, and because the journey was less than ideal, like they were coming into um, some obstacles that they hadn't expected. And their plans were changing a little bit. So some of the travelers and the other saints started to murmur. And her, I think she was just a natural leader and she exercised her leadership role to the group. And this is what she said. And I want you to think of these words, thinking about, take these words personally and think, are you doing this with your, um, how your child is in their faith journey? Okay. Where is your confidence in God? Do you know that all things are in his hands? He made all things and still rules over them. And how easy a thing it would be with God if every saint here would just lift their desires to him in prayer that we might be, that the way might be opened before us. So I love that because it reminds us of what God is capable of. Like, so in those moments when I find myself starting to murmur about our journey, our family's journey, and I start to feel that all or nothing mentality. I love reminding how great our God is. You know, he restored the gospel to a 14-year-old farm boy with no education. He parted the Red Sea. He created the universe. He sees our day. He knows us by name. Um, he prepared our church for the pandemic, like we did um, Come Follow Me before that even hit. Um, these thoughts remind me that our God is not an all or nothing God. Like he is five steps ahead of us. And I have to just do the small things and all the small things, he will make great things. And I love that scripture in Doctrine 164, 32, 33, where it says, but all things must come to pass in their time. Wherefore, be not weary and well-doing for you are laying the foundation of a great work. And now the small thing precedeth that which is great. So in order for you to stay motivated and to continue to do the small things um, and to help like prioritize how you feel and help your LGBTQ child on their spiritual path, I want you to focus on four things. First is take action from what feels true and right. When your child comes out, you really need to take what feels right and resonates for your family and what makes sense for your child. Um, 
which means you're probably going to be doing things differently than you have in the past. So once you have the priorities in place and how I do this is like one of my priorities for my children is that they have a relationship with Christ. Um, and that trumps all of it. Like, will this help his, their relationship with Christ? Then these make, once I decide the priorities and like uh, that he feels or she feels love and then that makes decisions and taking action from that place. It's a lot clearer how to make decisions. And I want you to guard, be very conf, try to guard your confidence and your judgment, because this is a very personal decision. You shouldn't like to see how other families are doing it. The Lord will give you individual inspiration for your family. And you might decide that some of the activities in the youth group are not a good fit for your child or that a church school might not be the best option for them. And as a family, we would really try to support as many activities as we could. But at the same time, we talked to our our son and said, would this make you feel uncomfortable? Like we made it his game too. And what felt true and right, like for what him for him to attend. So don't be afraid to have that conversation and bring them in to it of like, how are you comfortable? Because the worst thing you could do is slam it down their throat and they have this resentfulness and that they feel like you think the gospel is more important than them. And that is going to disconnect them from the gospel the fastest. Okay. Number two is where could I have the most impact of my child's spiritual journey? That question is really helpful because each of us are called by our heavenly parents to be the parent to our specific children. They have given each of us really special gifts that are unique for us. All of us are individuals. And I want you to make a list of your spiritual gifts and then write down those spiritual gifts that you think out of those gifts can help your child and focus and use your energy on where you can bring the most impact to your child's life. Um, when my child came out, I was teaching early morning seminary and staying with a calling and deciding to continue to teach, I think was by far one of the most impactful things I could do for my son at the time. Um, he was in college. and I mean, he was um, go in the class with me and, um, you know, home life could be rough, but in that classroom, he felt safe. It was just a good experience for all of us. So now he's in college and I have a lot less direct impact. But so I'm not teaching him every day like I did then, but I'm praying daily. I put his name on the temper roll. I ask him about things. Um, I still receive answers and how I can be impactful in my son's life because I'm still praying and asking. And they're usually really small things, but I act on them and I actually see the difference they make. I do not treat him like he's not a spiritual person and his relationship is not important. I keep that frame of mind. The third thing is what can you release for now? There are some things that you're going to just need to let go and you got to have peace about it. Uh, mine was coming to peace that my son did not feel like he could serve a mission. Um, and even though I felt like dedicating two years of his life to Lord would have blessed him beyond measure, I needed to let go of the, of the plan I had for him and trust in his judgment for his plan. Um, I had to hold that space in the middle that he could still serve and have a great relationship with the Lord and at the same time not choose to serve a mission. So that, that would have been all or nothing thinking, right? If I stayed in like, his life won't be as great. His relationship won't be as great if he doesn't go on a mission. I had to go in the middle of like, this is in the middle of like, that he's doing his plan. He's doing his journey. And we all have some all or nothing beliefs and Satan wins if we stay in that thinking. The Lord never looks at us and thinks she is all bad or she's all good. He sees us for who he, we are. And I know when he sees me 
like he sees that I am one of his amazing daughters of God that he created and is so proud of. And sometimes he sees my hot mess and still loves me through it and still guides me through it. So remember that life is about succeeding and failing and becoming, getting it right and getting it wrong, having faithful moments, having unfaithful moments, learning to love all of us, not just the good parts. And that is how God loves us. And that is how he parent he patterns that. And that's how we need a pattern for our children, where the parts where they're a little bit of a hot mess, we need to learn to have grace and love them through it and have less judgment about it. Um, and the fourth one is really to become aware of where your all or nothing thought patterns are coming up. And to become more aware, I really recommend that you sit down and you write down your thoughts about what you think about your child's spiritual journey and while they are identifying as LGBTQ person, can they still have a relationship with God? Are you believing they, they cannot? Are you believing they're going to have a less faithful life, a less spiritual life, that your family won't be as good, that you're worried about the future? Identify where you are having that all or nothing thinking. That is usually associated in places where you're feeling fear about the uncertainty for your child and where you are really not willing to consider alternatives and consider that, yeah, your child might be going through some negative stuff, but there's so much more positive as well. Um, and so when you remove this all or nothing thinking about your child's spiritual journey, like thinking like they're not going to church, so they will not have a relationship with God. That would be another all or nothing thinking. Um, all or nothing thinking will always come from fear, not come from faith. And it will, when you think that, then you will not have the emotion and that energy that your child will want to be around. Um, they will feel judged and they will feel shame about their choices. And I'm not saying you have to like all their choices, but you have to be very careful with the judgment and how that is coming across because your child will pick up on that energy and you will, they will not want to be around you and they will try to avoid you and not talk about these things. When they're feeling love and when they're feeling your confidence of like, you're a good person. It is totally up to you to figure this out with God. And I have trust in you. That is when they're going to bring you their questions. They are going to be open to talking about it. And so I really think one of the best things you could do is have this total belief about the end game. What does the end game look like? What are you envisioning at the end for your child? Are they living with God? Um, do they have a relationship with Christ? Even if they don't today, are you believing in the wonder of God and in the awe of God? And I think 100% of the time, it will benefit you to do that because that will create the faith, that will create the confidence, that will create the understanding, the compassion for wherever they're at now. And that will only help your child get closer to God. All right. I hope this helps you. I know this is a common pain point. So if you're feeling fear or um, uncertainty about this, really, it's important to work with a coach. So get on a call with me, join the community, or find a coach that you could talk or a therapist talk this through because it's your, it's not, God does not have fear or worry about your child. You are having the fear and worry. And all that does is make your relationship more difficult here on this earth where we're really called to help our children. Like we're just stewards for them and they are still our heavenly parents and we are just helping them on the way. And in order to help them on the way, the best is really to see them at these spiritual giants that they are and to treat them that way. All right. I love you. Have a great day. Thank you so much for um, joining me. And I hope that um, 
go and really enjoy like your child, start thinking about them like the spiritual giant they are and see how your energy shifts around them. It is miraculous. Where have you found the support that your family needs? I would be honored to be that support. I have created a virtual coaching program specifically for Christian LGBTQ families. Come check out the coaching community, Lifted Together with Jenny Hunter. In our community, you will find a safe space to process all the emotions and all the things that you need to find the support that you will need to help your child thrive. You will find it in private coaching, group coaching, and I have created hours of content just for you. When you are ready to thrive as a family, please come check out liftedtogether.com slash membership.